Welcome everyone. My name is Kenny Hawsey and I'm a senior tax advisor to PwC in the Middle East in the energy sector. I have over 31 years experience with PwC in a number of different locations, and two, including two postings in the Middle East, uh, in the United Arab Emirates and in Saudi Arabia. And I rejoined the Middle East firm as an advisor to the firm in, as in relation to, to energy in, in the region. And today we just want to talk a little bit about the implications of the introduction of VAT in Oman. And I have a couple of subject matter experts from Oman on to talk about this. So Darcy, let me turn it to you to give a brief introduction. How brief, Kenny? Let's keep it very brief. Dar I'm Darcy, I'm the uh, tax leader in Oman. Uh, um, previously worked um, oil and gas uh, in Africa as well as in uh, the Middle East. So excited to take up this topic. Imran? Uh, thanks, Darcy. Uh, hi, everybody. My name's uh, Imran Mushtaq. I'm the indirect tax leader for uh, PwC in Oman. Thanks, Darcy and Imran, for the introductions. And, and these two are the subject matter experts, which we'll be talking about uh, VAT in Oman. Let's start off. We all know that uh, VAT is about to be implemented in Oman. So could you guys give us sort of a quick snapshot of the legislative and regulatory framework that we're going to be operating under in Oman? Sure. Well, let me maybe jump in there. Uh, I, I think we've had the tax legislation. Uh, it was issued back in October, so it's been floating around for about five months. Uh, finally, uh, this week, we, we finally received the, uh, or last week, received the final uh, regulations and that. Um, and uh, basically, you know, we, we finally got the regulations. We've got about one month to get everything in play. I think uh, we're still waiting because there's going to be a lot of guides that are issued as well, including ones for the oil and gas industry. We're still waiting for those. We'd seen some drafts of some of these guides, but we know that there's quite a bit of work that probably needs to be done now because some of it contradicts what was in the final uh, regs as such. Excellent. Thanks for that overview, Darcy. I, I think what that tells us is we have a framework under which to operate, but obviously when anything's new, there's gonna be certain questions and gray areas as we as we start to implement. So I was curious if you could give us a view of how do we see VAT applying in Oman in the upstream oil and gas industry, which is obviously um, a, big, a big producer of, of potential revenue in Oman. Uh, thanks, Kenny. Um, well, I'll just build on what Darcy's been uh, been talking about, actually. So clearly, we have the legislative framework in place now, and um, each level of the uh, legislation kind of builds on top of the other. So the Oman VAT law basically has a provision uh, that allows for the zero rating of, uh, of oil and gas products. Uh, the regulations, which were sort of released only a week or so ago, build on that a bit further with, with some further sort of uh, definitions. So what that basically says is that the supplies of oil and gas and their derivatives um, can actually be zero rated, so subject to VAT at the zero rate. And that also extends to uh, various uh, supplies of uh, sort of um, related goods and services. Um, linked to the supply of oil and gas. So that would basically extend that zero rating to subcontractors in the chain. However, and crucially, uh, one of the key kind of points in the regulations is that that zero rating only extends 
to the what they call the primary and the intermediate activities, and if, essentially those are the upstream and midstream activities. So what it means basically for upstream producers is that the uh, the services, the the, the supplies in relation to uh, uh, exploration and production and extraction, etc., all of those will be zero rated, and of course any domestic uh, sales of uh, oil and gas will be zero rated, and anybody involved in any uh, any subcontracts involved in uh, services uh, related to the extraction of oil and gas will also be able to zero with their supplies uh, for upstream activities. Thanks for that, Imran. I mean, do we have a sense of how far down that chain of subcontractors, in other words, is the zero rating only going to apply to first tier subcontractors or will that apply on down? Or is it still uncertain as to how that will apply? Yeah, I think th this is uh, this is a little bit of uncertainty at the moment. Uh, I mean, it's not clear really how far that zero rating will extend down that supply chain. Um, we expect it to at least obviously be to the first tier subcontractor. Um, and the way I like to think of it is the closer you are to the sort of wellhead, the more likely your services are to be zero rated. And the further away you move down the supply chain, the less likely that you are to qualify. And of course, the further away you are down that supply chain, I mean, your goods and services may, although they may find a use in extraction, etc. Uh, but that link is kind of, uh, you know, get, kind of getting diluted each time you step away from uh, from the uh, the actual production. I mean, also, it's probably worth mentioning that um, one of the conditions for zero rating is that the uh, service provider is registered uh, by the Ministry of Oil and Gas to carry out uh, oil fuel service activities. So that in itself may sort of limit. Uh, the extent of the zero rating. Um, and I think also, I mean, practically probably what that means is um, there's a, uh, a, 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 what they call a, uh, a JSRS um, a platform in Oman uh, by which all sort of uh, accredited and certified oil and gas uh, service providers uh, register to sort of allow procurement, etc. So one would assume that if you are registered on that platform, maybe your services could be zero rated. But that is a sort of practical question which really needs a little bit more a uh, little bit more sort of clarification at this stage oh, very helpful and obviously we realize that this will be evolving as regulations and these guides continue to develop but i think very helpful and i think the key message there that people need to think about which really boils down to right where does the ultimate potential vat refund sit in the chain and that's where i think people need to continue to to focus on how this develops and how is it going to be applied in practice so, so next, let's shift slightly and look at the downstream uh, side of the oil and gas industry, refining, chemicals, and how do we see VAT applying in, in that setting? I guess in that one, Kenny, I think we go back to Article 93.1 of the regs, and there they're very specific in that they say that, uh, um, you know, that transactions that will be zero rated include primary activities and the intermediate activities. So basically you're upstream and midstream that we've talked about previously. But it also says, and they do not include final activities, which of course is your downstream. So all of those, the assumption is that these are going to be standard rated uh, at 5%. Um, there was some debate whether these would, it would be extended and they'd actually come out at 0%. We've even seen some draft guides that... Uh, uh, showed that they were zero, but the final 
traditional regs that we've seen um, suggest that all of that will be your standard 5% rating. Excellent, thanks. Um, that, that, that's good clarity from a downstream perspective. So let me ask, obviously we will continue to monitor the, the changes in regulations, the interpretations as they come out, but what would be some key messages that you guys would give to participants in the energy sector as they start to implement VAT, obviously bearing in mind that there are filings coming up very quickly and I'm sure there is a penalty regime that applies. So what would the key messages be from your perspective? I think from, from my point of view, I think the key messages are that the uh, zero rating clearly doesn't extend to uh, all supplies throughout the supply chain. Um, as I say, despite what it says in the law, that's uh, clearly uh, sort of uh, narrowly defined or more narrowly defined in the regulations. Uh, and of course, each member state so far in the GCC has adopted a different approach to the zero rating. So there's no immediate sort of uh, commonality or comparison. If you've got operations in, let's say, the KSA or UAE, etc., you can't immediately uh, sort of adopt what you're doing over there in Oman. Um, and, and I guess also each country will clearly have its own registration and, and regulatory oil and gas framework that, of course, you'll have to comply with in order to, uh, to you know, take benefit of any zero ratings that might be there. Uh, and again, as Darcy said at the outset, we, uh, we do expect to see a, uh, an industry guide focusing on a lot more of the practical uh, sort of uh, transactions that you'd expect to see in the, uh, in the oil and gas environment. Uh, for example, the, uh, the treatment of VAT around EPSAs and you know, farming arrangements and uh, you know, what it means for the operators and non-operators, etc. Uh, so things of this nature clearly, uh, clearly will be coming uh, down the line as well. Yeah, and I, I think maybe to add to that, Kenny, I think, that, as Imran said, the countries are different in that. I think uh, um, Bahrain, it, it seems to have gone, they, they have taken it all the way through the food chain and that, whereas um, maybe, you know, what one takeaway from Amman is more, more, you know, of the refund issues, if there are any, um, you know, Amman has said they are going to try and do this on a very timely basis, but if there is, a lot of it may be pushed to the next level down to those that are, you know, instead of the refunds having to be the E&P companies looking to collect them, it, it's going to come down to the next level um, because it doesn't go all the way through the food chain. So I, I think that will be interesting. Uh, I think you alluded to uh, penalties. I think that the penalty regimes can be quite severe if, you um, the reporting requirements are not met. They're similar to many of the other, you know, with slight variations, the other GCC countries. And what we've seen in the other countries, as many people will be aware, is there ha hasn't been any amnesty. So people have been uh, uh, getting hit with fines and, and to get around them has been quite difficult. So uh, I think they want to make sure as much as they can comply. It would be really nice if we were to get the uh, guides fairly soon so people can get some guidance but once again taking into account the guides are more there to give you examples um, but they are not the regs and the law which are you know what will be applied and very, very helpful and I, I think I take from this some key messages we do have zero rating I think we have to stay tuned if you will on how far down the chain that zero rating will go Obviously, compliance is critical from day one because there, there, there are penalty regimes in place. 
And with the industry guides, I think those can be very helpful. And I think what we, we will continue to do is monitor the interpretation of the regs and these industry guides. So I think in closing, uh, one, I appreciate the insights, but Darcy and Imran, if you guys could both give us your contact details so that everyone will know how to get in touch with you uh, as they have questions and issues around the implementation of VAT in Oman. Per perfect. Uh, Darcy.white, that's D-A-R-C-Y dot white is in the color, W-H-I-T-E at PWC.com. And it's Imran dot X dot Mushtaq, that's M-U-S-H-T-A-Q at PWC.com. Which is not to be confused with Imran Y Mushtaq, so please make sure you use next. Thank you, Darcy. Well, Darcy and Imran, thanks for your contact details, and thanks everyone for listening today. This will be one of a series of podcasts we will be doing around energy events in the Middle East, so stay tuned not only for further happenings on Oman VAT, but other issues around the Middle East region.